the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Brought to you by EP Wealth. This is the Rob Black Show. There's business to talk about today. Lots of business to talk about today. Big day on Wall Street yesterday. Kind of, sort of. Started out stronger than it finished. But more and more people are warning about battening down the hatches. I don't know where the hatches are, but I know that I have to batten them down. Bank of America CEO Brian Moynihan talked about recession. He is in a very interesting position to watch and to look and to see how the consumer is doing. Why is Jamie Dimon, Brian Moynihan, Jeff Bezos all talking about a recession? about spending growth. Yesterday, the NASDAQ, I'm not going to say eked out a gain, but it was an interesting session. It went from really, really strong to really, really weak to back to kind of strong. NASDAQ up nine-tenths of 1%, SP 500 up 1.1%, Dow Jones Industrial Average up 1.1%. Strong earnings reports are like chicken soup for a tortured soul on Wall Street. Stocks climbed yesterday. Goldman Sachs, Netflix, Lockheed Martin all topped earnings expectations. Netflix really had quite a quarter. Like, um, almost like one of those characters from a horror movie who you see the boyfriend take an axe to the arm and he's clearly out. He's dead. He's bleeding. And then he comically jumps back up later and he's like, no, no, I'm okay. Only to be put down one more time. That's kind of what Netflix said. They had a fantastic quarter, and it's almost like, are you kidding me? We'll talk about that later. Minneapolis Fed Reserve President, Neil Kashkari, he's a voter, said he would argue for the Fed fund rates to go above 4.75.5% if there was no improvement on our line or core inflation i.e. we're talking about more rate increases, especially if we need to. So if the Fed is expected to pivot, he's saying we may not. Now, again, that's tough talk. It's like one of those parents who are like, when your dad gets home, he's going to spank you. And then dad gets home and he doesn't have the courage to spank his kid kind of thing. The Bank of England confirmed that it will press ahead with what they're doing, financially speaking, as far as trying to fix their economy, economically speaking, through artificial engineered measures, i.e. we're going to do it, not let the economy do it itself. It's going to hold off selling longer dated debt. A Reuters poll showed that a strong expectation for the ECB to raise interest rates by 75 basis points at its October 27th meeting. So in eight days, the European Central Bank 
i.e. part of the euro group of nations that got together and made a currency together, a little baby currency, they're going to raise interest rates. Now, again, this is important to note because essentially the whole world is fighting inflation. I know it feels like it might be you. It may be your gasoline prices or your uh, farmer's market prices. I know you can internalize it, but it's the world right now. In the UK, the CPI hit a 40-year high of 10.1%. They're getting inflation worse than the United States is getting inflation. And the United States is getting inflation probably the worst in your investment lifetime. Unless you can go back to the 70s and remember where you were. And if you're over 50, I'm assuming you were stoned and dancing and being a hippie in the 70s. So you probably don't remember inflation. I'm only kidding. And if you're under 40, I know you don't remember the 70s because you are a baby. Netflix is up 10.8% today after posting much better than expected subscriber numbers and pleasing investors with its guidance. And also saying things like they had some swagger. They had some swagger. Talking about focus on earnings, focus on subscribers, focus on whatever you want to focus on because we're doing it. Next year, Netflix promises to crack down on password sharing. Say so they're showing Wall Street. Yeah, we can get the advertising tied towards a new subscription model. Next year, we can get better margins tied towards making more people pay for our services instead of password sharing. It's kind of interesting. There's some things that I'm very open on. I don't password share. Nor would I even consider it. I've had a friend to ask me to, and I said no. And it, it was kind of awkward. Um, I'm a fan of artists getting paid. Because I see myself as an artist. Honestly, I see myself as a dancer. I know you're saying, this is getting interesting. What's he going to say next? Um, <laughs> no, I do see myself as, as an artist, but not as a dancer. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how the stock market responds to weakness when we get weakness. We see there is a very dark headline out there this morning that the Russian president Vladimir Putin has declared martial law in four unlawfully annexed regions of Ukraine. I don't know about you, but every day I get in front of this microphone, I go, I wonder if we're going to do a really, really tough story on Ukraine today. President Joe Biden's out there talking about releasing another 15 million barrels from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve for December delivery. And there's a mixed housing starts and building permits report for September. I don't want to talk about the housing starts yet. I want to talk about what Biden's doing. The elections are coming up. And I'm a little bit sarcastic, a little bit cynical when I say he is doing everything he can, like the Wizard of Oz. Right now to improve the economy. People vote with a checkbook. People vote with their wallet. Um, I don't want to say I'm guilty as charged. This year's going to be a different election with Roe versus Wade being overturned on the amount of turnout in states from women. Maybe it's the year of the woman. Maybe the China's got it wrong. It's not the year of the rat. For the record, I don't know what China New Year is. It could be the year of the monkey for all I know. 
but I think women are going to be the interesting voters this year. The key takeaway from report on building permits, building permits rose 1.4%. Total housing starts declined 8.1% month over month in September to a seasonally adjusted annual rate of 1.4 million units. The home builders are freaked out right now. They don't know what to do with these high mortgage rates. The downturn in the in the building permits corroborates the adverse impact sharply, sharply of how higher mortgage rates have had on buyer demand and builder sentiment. The housing market's next. If you think 2022 is the year of inflation, the year of talking about recession and how that affects Wall Street, the year of 2023 is going to be how housing plays out, not for the positive. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Got a big event coming up in November, getting it added to my webpage. It's still not there yet. It's going to be there by the end of the day at Rob Black Show. You can sign up for the event there. Use code EVENT25 to get in for free. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Visit the Rob Black Show online at robblackshow.com. Listen to archived podcasts, market updates, and information from EP Wealth's certified financial planners online at robblackshow.com. It's a little bit ominous when I talk last segment about the housing market being the next shoe to fall. I own homes. I'm not selling my home. I'm not panicked. I always bought a mortgage that I could afford in a good time and bad time. It's really important. That's what you do with your finances in life is get stuff that you're very, very comfortable on. This morning, we see that mortgage demand has dropped to a 25-year low as interest rates have climbed. Demand for mortgages to buy a home and to refinance both fell. Mortgage demand hit its lowest level since 1997. I know, I know. Earlier this week, I probably did a report saying mortgage rates hit 2008 levels. Or I probably said, I've never seen mortgage rates this high in the last 25 years. Now we were saying mortgage demand drops to a 25-year low as interest rates are climbing. You have to go back to 1997. Demand's important. Keep in mind, some people are still buying homes with cash. Not as many as in previous months, as the situation has changed. Repito. 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 Mortgage demand, which suffered four straight months of declines, fell last week to the lowest level since 1997. Home buyer demand for mortgages dropped 4% for the week and is 38% lower than this time last year. Applications to refinance a home loan fell 7%. So it's the whole mortgage housing industry is suffering from a lack of buyers, of interest. Hangover from the COVID pandemic, the average contract interest rate for a 30-year fixed rate mortgage sits at 6.94%. That's going to differ on your credit score. It's going to differ on what sort of home you're trying to buy. But that's a $647,200 or less mortgage before you get into the jumbo area. 
Jumbo rates can actually be better than 30-year rates on conforming. Um, it just depends on how much demand there is. Potential home buyers are struggling to afford a home is the phrase that pays right here, right now, in my opinion. In the first segment, I talked a little about Jeff Bezos coming out and warning, like Brian, Brian Moynihan has warned, like J.B. Diamond has warned. Jeff Bezos is the latest warn on the economy, saying it's time to batten down the hatches. And in the first segment, I said, where are said hatches? He's become the latest corporate leader to warn about the state of the economy. He said, quote, yep. Anytime someone says the word yep in quotes, yep, the probabilities in this economy tell you batten down the hatches. You're like, do I look for him for insightful tweets on space or do I look for him for insightful tweets on what he's going to do with his money? Do I look for him for calls on the economy? Come on, it's Amazon. He's going to have a pretty good pulse on what people are getting and not getting, what they're buying, how long they're shopping, how different they shopping, how they're cutting down on their subscriptions, how they're like, there's a good feel from big companies. Solomon, the head of Wall Street financial giant Citibank, said it's time for both corporate leaders and investors to understand the risks are building up and to prepare accordingly. Solomon spoke after his firm had just post quarterly earnings. And again, Citibank is a pretty good indicator. Uh, Goldman Sachs is a pretty good indicator. So when these guys are talking, Solomon's with Goldman Sachs, not City, excuse me. When these guys are talking, you got to pay attention. This is the most, this is me, I'm getting hyperbolic. This is the most important part of earnings season. I don't want to say that. But the big banks, because they lead off earnings season, the big banks really have a, a feel for what the consumer is doing. Okay. Okay. You say move forward. I shall move forward. We are moving into election season very quickly. If you turn on CNBC. CNN, Bloomberg, Fox, MSNBC, whatever your choice of watching nightly news is, you'll see that we're quickly moving into uh, election. A lot of ads, right? But even more importantly, the shape of Congress and spending bills. Netflix shares surged 14% this morning. Video streaming giant beat Wall Street forecast for revenue and for profit. Now, they had kind of a packed quarter. They broke up their Stranger Things season four, and they released part two of season four in this quarter. So they had that going for it. They also have the Dahmer story, which I'm just not interested in. I don't know. Maybe it was because it was my high school years or college years. I don't even remember at this point. It made headlines and just wasn't, it's not my kind of media, but a lot of people are watching it on Netflix. Netflix added 2.4 million subscribers globally. Keep in mind, last quarter they lost roughly a million. And the quarter before that, a couple hundred thousand. And we were talking about peak subscription. 
and they came roaring back even before they've introduced the ad supported cheaper platform subscription 699 plus five minutes of commercials an hour What I like about the cheaper platforms with commercials, it's starting to look again more like traditional cable bundles, where you can where you can afford an HBO plus a Netflix, but you're going to get commercials by combining the two into a subscription model in your home. But you're going to get commercials, and I'm okay with that. My buddy naturally has to urinate every couple hours and needs snack food every couple hours. So commercials aren't the worst thing in the world for me. But Netflix posted a 5.9% increase in revenue to $7.9 billion. Operating costs meant its net income shrunk by 3.5% to $1.4 billion. Wall Street really likes subscription models. And when you add 2.4 million subscribers, we, we can do the math. How much do they pay in a month? Netflix's quarterly subscriber growth came in more than double its forecast of 1 million after it lost 1.2 million subscribers in the first half of this year. So they're kind of cocky and bold and, and strutting today. It's I've not seen a company in their earnings calls as confident as Netflix in a long time for a company that were like, are they going to ever have a hit again? Are they ever going to buy another TV show? Are they ever going to have... Uh, like? Do they really have to do Squid's Game Part 2 and Part 3 and Part 4 and Part 5 and Part 6? Co-CEO Reed Hastings said yesterday, thank God we're done with shrinking quarters. That's a pretty bold statement. Now, again, Netflix is competing right now with Disney+, Plus, Apple TV, HBO Max, and many other rivals. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. This interview featured on The Rob Black Show is brought to you by EP Wealth. Learn more at robblack.com. So financial media is obsessed right now with can the recent market rally last? Let's bring in Patrick O'Hare with briefing.com to talk about is the bottom put in or is he going to throw cold water on us and say, I don't know, probably not. Mr. O'Hare, um, is the market bottom put in? What, what say you at briefing.com? I don't know, Rob, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> well said, well said. <laughs> um, well, first, good to be back with you this morning. And, and uh, secondly, um, you know, I think if we look at, you know, why the market has rallied like it has uh, over the last few weeks or a few sessions, I should say, um, I think maybe we get our answer. And, and you know, we have to ask ourselves, did this rally really happen for, for fundamental reasons? Um we don't think so. You know, we think it was largely a case of an oversold market desperately looking for some type of excuse to to bounce back. Uh, and it happened. Uh, and you got a lot of short covering activity that really goosed these gains. Uh, and then, of course, you have a, um, uh, a nice contrarian report coinciding with this move, that being the Bank of America fund manager survey that showed cash holdings were at their highest level since uh, since April of 2001. And so uh, so with that combination and with a little bit better than feared earnings results, uh, which is 
which is admittedly somewhat supportive on the fundamental side, but not entirely because we're still talking about earnings that were down year over year for most companies. Um, you know, you had the makings of a nice kind of like short squeeze here that got things really going. But, uh, you know, until we get more fundamental improvement, particularly on the interest rate side, um, it'll be very challenging to keep this, um, this rally effort uh, going. Do we start looking ahead towards the next CPI print, the next Fed meeting, the elections in November? What's the event horizon for you? Well, uh, you know, I think the, you know, the, the probably the main event horizon is is, is the earnings uh, okay. reporting period, probably more so for the fourth quarter now. Um, but, you know, and I say that because, you know, as we've mentioned in past weeks, I mean, we still think that, you know, calendar 2023 estimates are, are, are too high. And uh, and we'll see, you know, you know, likely more companies, you know, slashing guidance and analysts cutting estimates in the next six months or so uh, as the, you know, as the impact of these interest rates start to hit home more fully uh, and spending growth flows and business investment activity flows. And, you know, and that's kind of what I think what uh, J.P. Morgan Chase CEO Jamie Dimon was alluding to and saying that, look, if you look at the consumer, you know, right now, things look pretty good. Um, but uh, six to nine months from now, probably not so good uh, in terms of having drawn down excess savings and then probably facing a, a weaker job market, uh, more people potentially being laid off by that point. Uh, and then just the sentiment factor of seeing your neighbor get laid off, um, you know, leads one to perhaps rein in, you know, some of the spending activity. And so, uh, so I think that's also why, you know, he suggests that maybe the economy will be in a recession in six to nine months. Uh, David Solomon, Sachs yesterday kind of also, you know, warned about the, the potential for, you know, um, uh, or the higher probability of a recession coming. And then uh, we heard from Jeff Bezos here, um, who suggests that, you know, the probabilities looking out suggest it's, quote, time to batten down the hatches. So you have, you know, three highly regarded individuals who have a pretty good pulse on uh, on the consumer um, and businesses kind of all warning that, look, things are okay now, but they're not going to be okay six to nine months from now. Can I ask a question that I've never really asked you tied towards investment decisions or maybe personal decisions? When Jeff Bezos says batten down the hatches, what would you be doing differently? Or have you already done it differently? Going into a recession, I assume that's the batten down the hatches. Things are going to get a little bit stormier. Mm -hmm. Where do you think that it, what do you think that it sticks to or applies to? What should we be thinking? Right. Well, I think, you know, I think it's, it's uh, not to say he's late to the game. I'm just saying that because the market is a forward looking entity, um, we didn't need to necessarily hear from Jeff Bezos. I mean, let's look at a stock chart of like Best Buy, you know, Um, look at a stock chart of just about any stock these days. And you'll see that the market, has been, you know, battening down the hatches for a diff- more difficult earnings environment. Um, so to that end, you know, we probably have a good chunk of this bad news uh, in the market already. So that's a positive here. Um, but that doesn't mean we can't have another leg lower because, you know, while earnings estimates have been coming down, they haven't come down 
quite enough in our estimation. And, and, and that's, you know, one of the signs we're looking for for kind of for, for a more convincing bottom is to see uh, earnings estimates get cut, you know, uh, in a more meaningful way because then you, you have, you'll have a, the market will have a better sense that, um, you know, that you're buying into a, uh, a true value versus necessarily buying into a value trap right now with earnings estimates that seem achievable, but ultimately, you know, might not be. And therefore, you know, you're, you're not getting the value that you think you are. Um, so that's what we're waiting for. And we think that that does come, you know, to fruition within the next six to nine months or so. And, uh, and then that'll be a, you know, obviously a good thing. Um, so, um, you know, we we were warning last year, though, even Rob, just in terms of uh, identifying the change agent for the bull market, and that change agent we said was going to be, you know, a shift in interest rates. Right. And and we warned of the uh, trials that would you know that would arise if that shift in interest rates happened to be a rapid one, and and we've gotten that right. It's a shock to the system here how how rapidly the Fed has had to raise interest rates because it's playing catch up. So, so hopefully, you know, our readers um, took that in and, and, you know, made those necessary preparations to batten down the hatches in front of what has been a, you know, definitely a stormy market this year. Uh, and, uh, and, and hopefully though, we're, you know, more toward the end of the storm than we are at the beginning of the storm, but, uh, but we're not out of it yet. I like the analogies. Thanks for the long answer. Thanks for the insight. Is there anything you're working on now, or are we just continuing to go through the process of earnings and then inflation? What's your big report? What's your big picture angle that well, might be you know, fresh? Yeah. So, you know, I think you know, it's it, listening to myself, uh, you know, I can, I can hear myself, you know, sounding quite negative, frankly. Um, and, and, okay. and admittedly, I've been more bearish on this market, you know, for, all year for that matter. Um, um, but I True. think in terms of the big picture column, you know, this is a market that is a dollar cost averaging type market. Now we've seen a lot of prices come way down and, uh, and you should, you know, I think more investors should be uh, drawn to these lower prices. You know, when you look at a, you know, something like Disney and I'm not saying to buy Disney, I'm just saying that stock is down 50%, you know, from where it was. Um, you have a number of other leading stocks down, you know, 60%. Um, and, you know, for that long-term investor who is more patient-minded and has the ability to wait things out, this is a market you dollar cost average into um, because things will get better. Uh, but, you know, it just might be challenging here in the near term. Thanks very much. It's Patrick O'Hare with briefing.com, a reliable source of domestic and international news. I start my day each and every day at his site, briefing.com. Not his, it's it's a big business. Um, and you can get all sorts of market coverage. You can get the earnings calendars and much, much more. Thanks very much. Um, the stock market has opened up today and it's a different day than yesterday for sure. We started off with a little bit of a sell off after two very big up days and we've moved into a little bit of green, but not very much. It seems very, very shaky. And the question that we started with is the question that we'll end this segment with is, have we put in a market bottom? And <clears throat> Patrick O'Hare putting words in his mouth, some of the things that he believes in are 
he wants to see earnings numbers come down. To me, that's not very digestible. He's right. But it's very tough to explain that on air. What I want to see are some job losses. In earnings season, I want to see we're not hiring. Don't ask if we're hiring. In fact, we're firing people. Then earnings estimates come down naturally because if people don't have jobs, they don't have paychecks, they don't have paychecks, they're not spending uh, month to month, they're not living paycheck to paycheck, they're they're getting government money. And government money is not as good as having a job, which is something that surprised me. I once met someone who takes Social Security disability, and I honestly couldn't tell you what her disability was. I was dating her sister. and. she was kind of a little overweight and she liked walking dogs. So somehow she got on the disabled list. I'm like, you're not going to want to be on that forever. You know, because like, you're not contributing to your own social security, not contributing to your career where you climb the corporate ladder. A friend of mine got into a job that he said, you know what? I'm going back to school because I don't see the corporate ladder anywhere near me. Corporate ladders are kind of important. <clears throat> I'm Rob Black, talking to all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me online at robblackshow.com. Looking for strategies to help you protect your portfolio in these uncertain times? Visit robblack.com. Robblack.com, powered by EP Wealth. Thanks for listening to the show. I'm Rob Black, trying to get to as much content as I can. Netflix talked a lot about how they're going to crack down on password sharing next year. They've leaked three to six months ago what they're doing in Latin America in a small, small trial of saying, okay, we look at your IP address and we could see that you're clearly using your Netflix account in two homes. Sometimes they could be across the street from each other. Sometimes they could be in a different state, but we clearly see two. Then they kindly nudge you saying, we want you to pay $2.99 extra a month for a second home, or we're going to cut that home out. So mommy and daddy getting you Netflix and you taking it to college is going to be over this time next year. They're going to see college for your kid as a different household than your home. And they're going to nudge you and say, pay $2.99. And if you don't, they're eventually going to cut you off. That will add, when you look at millions of people, that will add billions of dollars. Will it piss people off? Will it upset them? Will they go, I'm not paying corporate America this much money? Probably. But will they suffer the backlash? I think they will. And again, uh, living off your mommy and daddy's Netflix isn't cool. Living off your buddy's Netflix isn't cool. Uh, Good shows take money. And that's what Netflix is trying to say. If you want us to make good shows, get us good money. If you want to watch what's on ABC, NBC, CBS for free, it is what it is. What it is. Go for it. You're going to get commercials served up the Yazoo. And I know you're saying, where's the Yazoo? Is it where I think it is? It could be. Matthew Perry's open up about his addiction journey and his new memoir, new book. He's grateful to be alive. The only reason I bring this up is I think it's a big part of life is getting through life without getting too seriously into drugs where it messes up your financial life. I've seen many, many people financially ruined because of drugs. And I'm not talking hardcore drugs. 
I'm talking about alcohol and marijuana, where it's led to a lot of financial problems. In my own family, there's a relative whose recreational use turned into quite an episode. And quite an episode turned into a year of a lot of medical expenses. Be cautious on drug use. Be very mindful that Matthew Perry has a financial lesson to teach you. That yes, you could be the star of a TV show. And a couple of years later, you could be pretty darn poor. Um, and that's drug use. I know you're saying that's the weirdest piece of advice you've ever given. You know what the weirdest piece of advice I've ever given is floss your freaking fracking teeth. Dental repairs are expensive. They're usually not covered as much as you want them to be covered in insurance. Uh, floss your teeth to the point that my dentist once told me, you know, Rob, toothbrush and the tongue are going to get most of the stuff that you need to get. The cavities that I have to repair, the ones that lead to broken teeth and into root canals are from the flossing, the in between the teeth. And now you know. And then every now and then I talk to a wackadoodle who goes, I don't do floss. I do cactus juice because it's the way to clean in between your teeth. Have you ever wondered why people who suck on cactus juice don't have cavities? I'm like, I've never met anyone who sucks on cactus juice. Anyway, I'm digressing, am I not? Amazon is in the news today, again, for the wrong reason, saying the economy's not looking great. Amazon's second prime day of the year didn't go that well. We're starting to feel a little shopped out. Now, for Amazon, what they did with their second prime day, and I know this, you probably don't know this, is they got rid of a lot of crap in their warehouses. One of the big problems in the last two years is in retail, we're seeing managers say, we need shorts coming up for spring because it's turning spring, winter's ending, we're going from wearing pants to wearing shorts. And China's like, oh, we'll make it, we'll ship it, but it's going to be two to six months from now. So you're going to get your spring shorts late in the summer, early in the fall. When they're looking for sweaters for the upcoming fall winter year. So what Amazon is doing with all these extra days of sales, they're dumping product out of their warehouses so they can get more aligned correctly for next year than they are for this year. Two days of Amazon prime with the black Friday coming up and it's not looking good, but if the warehouses are empty, it's looking very good or the supply that's starting to come back in on a smoother level. 2023 should be a better year than 2022, operationally speaking. And we're paying for the operation challenges now in stubborn moves down on the stock market, creating a bear market. We still haven't seen what we need to kill inflation, job losses. We'll get there. 66% of Americans, that's two out of three, say they're worse off financially than a year ago due to inflation. That sounds about right. One minute. I certainly feel it. 
And it's funny because I'm wealthy because for me, it's like, oh, oh, did I ever tell you my table finally came? I should finish this story. So it took 13 months of ordering an Italian table and hutch, and it was way too expensive. And it comes 13 months after you order it. The table came beautiful. The hutch came broken. So half the order gets refunded down to zero. I'm like, you guys going to come pick it up? They're like, nope, just throw it in the trash. I'm like, nope, come pick it up because I don't want to throw it in the trash because I have to pay my trash people to take it away. So there's your story on ordering expensive Italian furniture. Come to a happy resolution. I got out of the expensive hutch, but I have an overpriced table and it took 13 months for me to get them. Isn't that crazy stupid? That's the supply chain problem summed up perfectly. Sat on a boat for way too long and the hutch broke. I'm Rob Black. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.